0: Welcome to Technology Revolution: The Future of Now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: We are going into the future of now. We're thrilled. This is the first time we are live streaming Tech Rev. We finally call the series that to Facebook on our Tech Rev page. Welcome. Everybody everybody around the world. I am so proud and happy. This is my first prediction special that we are live streaming in the first time we're on Zoom. I am looking, if you're watching us, if you're just listening on Voice America Business Channel, I have 14 guests. I know, I know, I know. Full house. They're going to each get about three minutes really, really tight to predict our special topic today, our focus for the crystal ball and this first part one of six weeks of crystal ball series is digital selling. And I'm proud to have one of our guests Kirsten Boylow at SAP, who is the sponsor of changing the game with digital selling. She's been with us for six years, I think, Kirsten and Kirsten Sorry, is coming. Yeah. yeah. And she's coming back. She's renewing for next year and we're excited. So let me give you a little bit of intro here. I have a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. He lived in 1813, 1855. If you're very young and never heard of him, I forgive you. Danish philosopher, theologian, poet, social critic, and author. That says it all. Here's the quote. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Okay. So if you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2021 holds for your company, your industry, your world, your career, your family, your community, we've got the next best thing. Live today, December 2nd, 2020, we're going to focus on the future of digital selling on part one, as I said, of our annual crystal ball special, and we're going to continue it for the next two. Wednesdays in December, and then the first three Wednesdays of January. We're bringing you insights from over 60 thought leaders. So, if you've got a glass, a mug, a cup, a stein, a thermos, pour something, Joe, a cup of Earl, Dom, whatever you dare, and join me and working together, let's make 2021 a hell of a lot better than 2020 was. So, let's kick this off. I'm just going to read the name and the title of each of my guests so you know who we're going to hear from, and then we'll start the clock ticking. So, first up in a moment, we'll be from Kirsten Boyleau, Global Head of Digital Transformation Enablement at SAP. Welcome, Kirsten. Mark Hunter is joining us. He goes by the name The Sales Hunter. I like that. Mick Adam is with us, founder of Vanguard Leadership. Jason Taylor is here, director of sales partnerships at Grapevine 6. Juliana Stan Campiano, CEO of Oxygen EXP. We have Bernie Borges, co-founder and CMO of Gresso. We have Sylvie Latkar, global social media lead of SAP Industries and Customer Advisory at SAP. We have Steve Watt, VP of Marketing at Grapevine 6, Christina Jaramillo, President of Personal ABM and stop, the sales drop. Mike Orr is here. He's the CEO and co-founder of Grapevine 6. Loic Simon, I'm doing my French accent, founder of Social Selling Forum. We have Lori Richardson, founder and CEO of Score More Sales. We have Brandon Bornanson, CEO of Seamless.ai, and Julio Viscovich, founder of Next Level Sales. I'm exhausted. Kirsten Boilo, you're up first. Kirsten, go ahead. Give us your three minutes of predictions. You're on. Go! Well, before I start, thank you, Bonnie. I just want to say it's so exciting to see all of these people
2: um, on on the screen at the same time. Um, I don't very often get a chance to talk to all of you, especially all at once. So I'm thrilled um, to see all of you here and to know that you've all been part of this for the for the past year. So thank you all for your support over the last uh, 12 months or so in uh, putting this program together. Um, My predictions would really focus in, I think, on something that I have been working on for the last couple of years, which is um, I've been working more on the enablement of marketing from a digital standpoint. I've been working on the enablement of sales from a digital standpoint for the last seven years, Um, but from a marketing side only the last couple of years, and I can see, I've been able to see over the last, you know, six to 12 months here at SAP, um, a real shift towards bringing sales and marketing together. I know we've been talking about bringing sales and marketing together for years. This is, that is nothing new. But what I'm actually seeing is that the um, the way the 2020 has gone has really uh Brought home the need to, at least our organization, that they have to work together to truly be able to drive that digital engagement for our customers. Um, I I think that uh, even in our organization that has been doing digital selling for uh, you know since 2012, um, they there was still some resistance to engaging our customers digitally from a sales standpoint. And um, we've definitely seen that our um our sales teams have started to engage digitally. Of course, they didn't have much of a choice, uh, but I, I predict that that will continue, that they will, uh, they've will. they seen that it is possible, uh, particularly even though um, we work in the B2B space, we work in very complex, um, massive deals, that they, it is possible to close those deals in a digital way. Um, and so I expect to see that continue. I would say, I'm going to say that, um, you know, 60% probably of our sales, um, our opportunities and closed deals would probably go through a digital um, transformation and, and be part be closed in that digital way. Um, I think that that's really where I see um, marketing and sales need to coming need to come together is to hold to to really kind of interact all throughout that whether you want to call it a sales cycle, a sales funnel, a, a sales all over the place um, journey. Um, marketing and sales really need to, to work together
1: throughout that journey to, um, for the customer to engage them at all points along the way. Thank you, Kirsten. Appreciate that. And thank you again for being the sponsor of this really, really wonderful series. Let's go to our second predictor. It's Mark Hunter, the Sales Hunter. Mark, you're up three minutes. Keep it tight. Go.
3: Hey, thank you so much. Now, I get to go second. That means everybody else gets to refute everything I've said up to now. So I'm just <laughs> going to have to do it really good. Hey, here's the whole thing. We have seen 40, 50 years of societal change jammed into one year. But you know what? Something that we have realized the human element is still very much alive in sales today. And yes, we've seen things that we never thought we could do online before. How many times did we jump on an airplane and run anywhere and run anywhere to to close a deal? Now we're doing that online. Now, what does that mean for us in terms of technology going forward? The human element must remain in there. And what I see happening, authenticity, And I remember on this show, I talked about this last year, authenticity rings true. And we're going to see it ring true even more because there is the ability for so many tools, so many apps, so many technologies out there that we can expedite the process. But if we don't expedite the human element, no, not expedite, intertwine the human element. Because if we do not feel you are authentic, why would I want to do business with you? So the element, the need to create authenticity and real world, just as this show is, you know, it's, it's streamed, it's a podcast, but it's also live because it's allowing for more forms of human interaction. This is the big piece going forward. How do we take human action, human interaction and intertwine it into every process that we have? Because if the customer cannot find a level of authenticity and a level of transparency with you, they are not going to do business with you. What does this mean? This means it is going to put tools at risk. But what does this mean? I see we, the sales community going forward, actually using fewer tools. We're going to use fewer tools, but we're going to use them better because we're going to understand how they work, how we can handle them that's what I see as my prediction. Hey, I'm giving you back a couple minutes. How's that, Bonnie?
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you very much, Mark. And next up on the podium is Mick Adam. Mick, welcome. And you've got three minutes. Go ahead, Mick. Wow, us. Go ahead. No pressure. Thank you for
4: having me and a wonderful group of people that I actually continuously look at in the world of sales and social selling as we move along. Now, my prediction That I'm seeing and slowly beginning to come through already is that as part of the whole sales process, companies are beginning to more and more embrace what I would call the employee advocacy factor, whereby they will go out to their employees and ask them to share messages about the the company and sales and the products and the services and so on. And what we're seeing is that more and more employees are willing to do that. Now, the thing is, that's not really the prediction. The prediction will be all about creation of content by sales, by employees that gets actually shared through the company channels. Because we oftentimes see that companies and marketing departments create great content and it's kind of pushed down. But after a little while, we're seeing the drop of enthusiasm with employees and salespeople in pushing that information. So the circle or the life cycle of content has to be turned around. So what if we reach out to our employees, to our salespeople who face our customers every day, who have authentic relationships? Great uh, point you made, Mark. So from that side, if we draw that in, bring that into the corporate world, have marketing actually become guides, teachers of how to create content, teachers of curators or becoming curators to actually create great content delivered by employees and salespeople and actually shared by corporate accounts. We'll see an increased amount of employee advocacy. We're also seeing a better and more adoption adoption of those platforms and it will be very much authentic content. Now there is going to be one major key in this whole story is we're going to get as marketeers, we're going to have a role to teach our employees how to create authentic, great content, maybe with the company in mind, maybe with themselves in mind. And then employee advocacy programs will actually grow up and be used the way they're supposed to be used. And That's my prediction for 2021.
1: Thank you very much, Mick. Next up, Jason Taylor, at Grapevine 6. We have quite a few people from your organization. Jason, you're up. Talk to us. I
0: just want to give him an applause, Mick. I agree with you on the employee advocacy uh, aspect of things. I'm going to let Mike Orr uh, give the, the, the big news as to what's happening at the organization. He's the CEO, so he'll be talking a little bit later. Um, this is going to be the year of personalization in my eyes, uh, buyers are looking for, you know, a a multi-channeled, very personalized experience. So I foresee, I mean, first and foremost with COVID and digital being a huge portion of things, video is going to be much more apparent. The use of social, the use of SMS and compliant SMS is going to be going to be used because folks are, uh, using this device, right? I'm all my sales people. I, I don't meet, face-to-face with clients anymore. So I need to communicate with them one way. So uh, digital is is, is going to be huge for sellers and be part of that sales process. Now, the personalization aspect of things, you're going to see things like uh, CDP. So uh, customer data platforms that take all of this data that's scattered about the organization, whether it's in CRM or it's in a data lake and, and starts to silo that data to start to build out these identities, right? These, these client identities. So we're going to see that uh, take full form and and with the acceleration of digital transformation, that's going to be top of mind, I would say. Um, and then content selling, uh, Kirsten nailed it, right? We've been talking about aligning sales and marketing for years. It's finally happening. So mm-hmm. marketing, what they're going, to, what their core job is going to be outside of you know the advertising of the organization is to uh, develop collateral and sales material that aligns with the sales process and and really supporting the sales uh, organization. So we're gonna see that a lot more um, over the next year. I mean, from a personalization standpoint, B2C, look at Netflix, uh, you know, they, they recommend shows, Amazon recommends um, mm. recommends uh, uh, products, Spotify recommends music stations, and it's all very successful. That's just going to be, uh, from a B2B perspective, focused on the client and the customer with next best action in the use of, of proper data.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And we will look forward to that big news. I know what it is because Mike emailed me and I'm not Mm -hmm. going to say a word. Mike's coming up soon. Let's go to Juliana Stan Campiano at Oxygen EXP. Juliana, talk to us. What do you predict? Fantastic.
5: Thanks, Bonnie, uh, and for having me. And I would agree with a lot of my peers about what they're seeing or talking about and coming forward. I think I have a few other things that I think are interesting to look at for 2021. I think we're going to see a a continued consolidation of the technology market. So Salesforce and Slack just announced this week and there were rumblings last week. I think we're going to continue watching that happen, especially from the digital selling perspective and all the different platforms that have been out there that people are now using more and more uh, than ever. And we're going to see those, you know, getting Uh, Pulled in and combined with other things and to the point uh, that somebody else made, I think it was Mark, about um, less technology. I think that's a part of it is that they're going to be rolled into more and more a platform or a couple of platforms for sellers to use in order to try to streamline that because digital selling is gonna continue. And we're hopefully gonna just get better at it because I think what we saw in 2020 was a lot of scrambling and trying to figure it out and how to build some trust and how to be authentic digitally and via your phone. And um, and it's not easy, it's definitely difficult. And so the other thing I would say for 2021 is that we're gonna see a lot of, um, and I think this goes to uh, Kirsten's point about the messaging and marketing and sales is, I'm hopeful that the messaging is going to get more, you know, is going to be more accurate and more um, humanistic to Mark's point, and, and Jason more personalized. Because right now, I, I would imagine, and we're seeing a lot in these numbers, there's a lot of fatigue out there. There's so much content being given away. Everything is free. Everybody has a point of view. Who do you listen to anymore? Um, that's becoming harder for the, you know, for the person buying, and so. I think from that point, we have to be really, really aware that our buyers who are more in the millennial phase is coming in, is that they use their social networks and the people they know to help inform buying decisions. And so how do we become a part of that network and think about that as we're, you know, as we're working on our own sales processes and influence that network in order to continue to sell. So I think there's some big changes happening from a digital selling perspective and how that's gonna happen in 2021. And the last thing that I'll say is, um, I think we're gonna see also an emergence of new businesses, which happens when there's an economic downturn and a lot of mainstream or main street gets shut down and the large companies win and they gobble up some of the smaller ones as we've seen. But then um, there's also an emergence typically of innovation and I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, Because I think that's going to be one of the game changers for us in 2021 as well.
1: Thank you, Julie. And I hear a lot of optimism in there. And by the way, with all the noise and the clutter out there and the whatever sphere we're talking about, I call it competition for ear share because my radio shows have been all just audio until this year. Now we're recording video and today is the first time we're streaming live on Facebook, the video. So EarShare, everybody's saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It'll be interesting to see how that noise settles out or becomes clearer or more targeted in 2021. Bernie Borges, you're up next. Go ahead, Bernie.
6: Thank you, Bonnie. And it's great to see all of you. And Kirsten, thank you for sponsoring this event and the opportunity to be here. And Mike, congratulations on your big news. Uh, can't wait to hear a little bit more about the why behind that because I think it plays into this whole discussion. So my prediction for 2021, I, I have to give you some context for it. So I'm a co-founder of Ingresso. We're in business three and a half years. We're all about training B2B salespeople on digital selling techniques. So for the last three and a half years, we've been waving the flag that says the modern buyer has changed. Well, in 2020, that just accelerated to 150 miles an hour, and we all know why. The modern buyer has changed in ways that now Gartner is telling us that the modern buyer is only spending 17% of their time even talking to vendors. The other 83% of their time, they're on the buying journey, doing a lot of other things, a lot of which is doing research on their own. And then McKinsey is telling us that 80% of B2B buyers are pretty happy buying online, doing even, you know, B2B buying to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars, doing it online without even talking to a salesperson. McKinsey is also saying that this remote selling thing that everybody's doing now in 2020, because we have to, it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. B2B buyers don't even want to go back to meeting face-to-face, going out to lunch, dinners, golf outings, not interested, Okay so the modern seller is struggling now with how to build relationships so mark hunter said authenticity is key i agree with you mark but my prediction is that the modern seller is going to really have to bring their a-game to build relationships and you know i live in tampa bay the Tampa bay buccaneers got tom brady this year after he spent most of his career with the uh, the the patriots where he won six super bowls he's considered the greatest of all-time quarterbacks This year, he's struggling with the Buccaneers. Why do I mention that? Because in in, in athletics, it's all about what have you done now? In selling, you have to be, the salesperson has to be on their A-game every day. And they've got to be a helper, uh, uh, a concierge to the buyer every day. So building and sustaining relationships from the seller to the buyer is something that the buyer has to recognize every day. And we all know that 50% of buyers now are in that uh, millennial category and they're moving fast. They want fast response, fast answers, and all they want is value. And the only way to build and sustain relationships as a seller is to deliver value and to deliver value every day. So while I think the tools are important, there's going to be as has already been said consolidation of tools the tools that can enable the seller to be fast and deliver value every day are the tools that are going to get used and those are the tools that are going to enable that relationship building which my prediction is going to be harder for sales people to do in 2021.
1: Thank you Bernie very very interesting Sylvie you're up next. Sylvie join me. What do you see? Uh, so I'm going to build
7: on all those wonderful predictions uh, I'm going to speak about the seller a little bit. Uh, We're living in a digital revolution, which is quite similar to the industrial revolution in the past and has a a major impact on people and the way we sell. And uh, who is selling is going to change. uh, Through digital, we can address the whole globe. Uh, We can work for multiple companies. Now, the future is you don't work for one company, but maybe for many companies and uh everyone can sell uh we talked about the uh, employee advocacy platform uh anyone can promote the brand of the company can product uh, promote product can create relationship Um, and i believe a lot also and this is part also uh, of digital selling of communities communities uh joined on digital platform talking about a specific subject and finally uh, it's easy to create relationship between people, to create trust. Uh, we talked about, Mark talked about authenticity. This is where to build it. And then selling beco- becomes a partnership. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it becomes advices within a community. So the whole way we sell, and by the way, people are not just buying, they're renting now more and more, is going to change. So This is where we see, digital changing people habits. This is our future.
1: Thank you very much, Sylvie. Appreciate that. And thank you for joining us. Let's go to Steve Watt next. Steve, you're up. I'm putting you on speaker view. What do you predict? All
8: right. Thanks, Bonnie. I'm going to... Uh, deliver a really optimistic prediction, perhaps too optimistic, time will tell, I guess. 2021 is when leaders are finally going to recognize that transactional sales techniques are a really, really bad way to do enterprise sales. And what that means is bringing about an end to this This focus, this emphasis on low-quality, high-quantity leads as a mindset, as a metric, and, and as a guiding principle to the way things are done. And, and, and here's why. It's because I'm not a lead because I went to a conference that you sponsored, I'm not a lead because I read something that you wrote and it's that mindset and the metrics and the activities and everything that follows in behind that mindset that's destroying trust and destroying relationships and killing engagement. And it's pushing me away and causing me to build walls at the very time when you should be pulling me towards you. You know, 18 touchpoint cadences, destroy trust. Gated content destroys trust because I know you're just setting me up for that 18 touch point cadence and I don't want it. And, and when you treat LinkedIn like a watering hole and you think that you're the lion and you're going to come hunt me at the watering hole, that's destroying trust. Like I, I'm not your gazelle. I'm not your next meal. And when you come at me like a hungry predator, you just push me away and I'm not coming back so my optimistic prediction is that 2021 is when this mindset and everything else starts to shift and we start focusing on salespeople becoming credible, authentic magnets, much more so than hunters. And when we don't value leads, we value conversations instead, voluntary conversations with people who actually want to talk to us. And, and, and why do they want to talk to us? Because we've earned a place in their minds and in their hearts. We've earned a place in their consideration set. We've educated and inspired them about how to see their business differently. And they want our help and they want to come to us instead of us pushing ourselves on them. So it's an optimistic prediction that 2021 is when that balance and that philosophy begins to really tip.
1: Thank you very much. Steve, I always wonder when you're going to show us your enthusiasm for the topic. I really do. Everybody's been watching you and saying, wow, what did this guy have for breakfast? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Christina Jaramillo, you are up. Christina, welcome. Talk to us. What do you see in the crystal ball for digital selling or anything related to technology? Go ahead. Thanks for having me,
9: Bonnie. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm just, I agree with a lot of what's been said, but my prediction, I think, is more of a hope. Um, and it's that sales and marketing teams are going to get more personal with their social efforts, digital efforts, account based marketing, account based sales efforts. I think too many organizations are taking account based advertising or account based brand awareness approach, where they just like select accounts they want to target and then they do this email campaign or digital or phone mail, uh, campaign, but there's no relevance. So we, you know, a bunch of people have been talking about the personal approach, but I, I like to take it one step further and say personalization. Um, so instead of speaking at people in accounts with commodity messaging, that's focusing on these generic pain points that maybe your you know, competitors are talking about and the gaps that should be uh, keeping specific prospects up at night. I think, you know, simply responding to predefined needs or creating a buy-in vision is the result that's gonna get those larger deal sizes and evoke that trust um, and, and build those relationships that people have been, you know, been discussing earlier. Um, you know, we also have organizations that are evolving their ABM programs, So they're using intent data, maybe to provide that more personalized experience where they're able to deliver content and messaging based on what target accounts are searching for at what stage of the buying journey they're in. But again, it's personalized and not personal. I think there's a key difference there. Um, mm-hmm. Sales and marketing are not taking the next step to make that intent data actionable. So they're not looking for the why prospects are showing intent in the first place. They're not seeing you know what's going on in the organization. What are the specific gaps that are causing them to search for these certain things? And um, you know what are you thinking or what do you think that they're not considering, and what are those personal impacts? So I think, one of the best ways to make the intent data actionable is to consider all these things. And that's how you can put all those dots together and better make, uh, you know, create better content, better messaging that speaks to these specific accounts and those human buyers, uh, because, you know, as other people have been mentioning, they're human buyers, they're not, you know, your next uh, deal. And as of, you know, as I saw research from Topo that about two thirds or 67% of organizations use intent data, you know, making that intent data actionable is a is, is huge challenge. And we need to start uh, looking beyond the intent data and connect those dots. And I recently actually wrote an article about going beyond intent data to get personal. It's on the Marketing Insider uh, group blog at um, bit.ly backslash double revenue with intent data. So check that out. But for 2021, I'm calling for sales and marketing teams to go beyond campaigned accounts go beyond personas and start speaking and writing to human buyers within the accounts that you want to win accounts, you want to protect and accounts you want to expand. So I believe a a, a personal account based marketing is about having, you know, LinkedIn profile, digital profiles, content and social live and email conversations that are focused on the human buyers and the personal impacts that you can have on each individual personally by fixing their account specific gaps. And I said, uh, this is more of a hope, Uh, than a prediction because sales and marketing orgs are still too focused on campaigns because that's what's scalable. Um, But you can't scale personal one-to-one relationship marketing and sales. If uh, we we supplement campaigns with a more personal ABM approach, sales and marketing orgs would drive more revenue growth with the large accounts that they want to close. And I encourage everyone to uh, sign up for a free series of a reboot Friday series that we have about helping organizations take a more personal approach to their account-based programs. Um, It's a Friday thing. You can look at it, stopthesalesdrop.com backslash Friday Reboot, and hopefully 2021 will be better.
1: Thank you very much, Christina. Very happy to have you on the show. Appreciate the energy as well. Mike Orr, finally, 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 you're being summoned. We know you have exciting news. Go ahead, Mike. Tell us the news, and you still get time for your predictions. Go ahead, Mike.
10: Fantastic. Well, let me just say first that uh, it's very exciting that we're live streaming, and this being the first show, because that's one of the predictions: that video, live streaming, all those different multimedia communication touch points are going to be huge in 2021. And you're you're the innovator as usual, Bonnie. Thank um, you. But I will I will say the big news is that we are so excited at Grapevine Six to announce that Seismic Software has acquired Grapevine Six to really bring together the industry leader in sales enablement and the leader in sales social engagement at Grapevine 6. And the the intent there really reflects exactly all of these trends everyone's been talking about. We need to unify that seller experience around content to be able to create engagement and unify a lot of the uh, analytics and understanding of the customer relationships. And this is the first step on, on, on that journey. And as as Bernie said, I think they got to be. We have to be able to do that to be deliver value and be fast for sellers, right? So, and that's how if we can bring these things together, and you know, incrementally create value as well, um, we're going to make sales a much more effective uh, function. And and really, I think where that's going, the, the biggest challenge really for sales is that right now we talked about humanized, uh human relationships, as Mark said, and a few people echoed. Uh, that brand and trust is really moving to the edge of the company. It's mm-hmm. in those human relationships that those that uh, that trust is being built. It's no longer with the brand. It's really with um, the salespeople that are carrying that relationship forward, or you know, post salespeople, right, that are customer facing, that really engage with their customers. You need to know who those people are and you need to understand their values, and you need to have an ongoing conversation with them. So marketing is really the idea, and this was said as well, as Kirsten said, and um, as Mick said actually, marketing has a position that they need to go enable that sales team. They're the ones that are the expert storytellers. How can they educate sales to tell better stories? And then how do we you know, purchase the platforms and implement and set up and create the programs that enable those stories to be told at scale and really build authentic human relationships? And that's the biggest challenge I think sales is facing. And it's a great time for marketing because after spending a decade on MarTech and as Steve talked about, you know, developing MQLs and all this marketing technology and math, um, the returns are starting to really diminish, right? There's no not much point in making new investments in those spaces. So where does marketing go next? I think they go to sales and really help that sales team, especially in digital, build relationship for the long run and tell better stories and really personalize the content. Um, and the last thing I want to kind of touch on uh, is... As, um, as Jason talked about, the, you know, Netflix and Amazon, a lot of people talk about that raising expectations for digital content, digital consumption. But I agree with Sylvie that we need to start thinking about the sellers. We need to think about the experience of our sales professionals. Their expectations are much Oops. higher now for how we deliver and distribution. We need to bring all of that into a single experience and really make it, as Bernie said, fast and value-added. Um, and then finally in 2021, I think we're gonna see finally the emergence of a, of a new concept. And I will credit Phil Lurie at SAP for uh, introducing me to this. And I, I think he probably came up with it. He's invented almost everything else I've, I've learned. Um, <laughs> inbound selling. So inbound selling is really the answer enter and antidote to the the demise of outbound selling, right? We, we constantly are ignoring. Um, it's very, as you said, noisy out there, Bonnie. It's hard mm-hmm. to break into that. You need to cultivate a brand that gives you permission as a seller and hopefully gets inbound on you as a seller to engage in conversations with buyers because there is, it's almost next to impossible now to go outbound and try and break in on that noisy uh, communication that buyers are facing. And so we're going to see a set of technology, a set of philosophy of programs around inbound selling. Um, and I'm super excited to see it.
1: Thank you, and we're super excited for your news. As Thank my you. people say, mazel tov, you know what that means. Okay, Loic Simon, Monsieur, you're up next. Go ahead, Loic, what do you see in the crystal ball? Three minutes, all yours.
11: Yeah, I speak from a French perspective, allow me. Yeah? In France, I, three, I see three big uh, tendencies for, two, two, uh, for 2021. <laughs> the first is clearly remote selling and video selling. Remote and video is here to stay. You know, when I talk to you, I am running a whole, a whole day social selling forum here on Zoom and multi-streaming to Facebook, to LinkedIn, uh, to whatever, to uh, to YouTube, of course. And I think this is the first tendency that is here to stay, even for running large events. And of course, for running small one-to-one conversation with prospects. So I see, I think that most salespeople should, should step up their game in terms of the way they present themselves and they use remote selling. They are completely crap here in France, for example, most of them. So this is my first prediction. It will be the year of remote selling. The second is, I think it's a return of social selling. I hate the term modern selling or digital selling. I love social selling, not because I'm running a social selling forum, but but because the social part in social selling and the selling part is very important. And I think today, content, high added value content to help customers go through their education journey. And I say education journey, not buying journey, which comes together with education journey is something very important. And it must be done by the salespeople themselves, of course, helped by marketing. And I'm evangelizing social selling since more than six years. And I still see a lot of large and medium-sized companies completely crap in this area, even with their uh, uh, employee advocacy program, which, which do not work at all. But I think 2021 will be a good year for this. And the third one is for me, it's the end of the segmentation of salespeople into SDRs, account exec, customer success reps, and you name them. I think people want to, to be in front of not a process, not a a string of uh, salespeople coming and going and coming and going from the beginning of their sales, of their buying cycle to the end. I think they need more and more uh, in the flesh people through remote, of course, not uh, physical. That's my three predictions. So first, remote. Secondly, Mm -hmm. social selling. And third, one sales rep.
1: Monsieur Simon has spoken, thank you very much. Laurie Richardson, you've been so patient, my dear. Go ahead, Laurie, you're up. What do you see in the crystal ball, Laurie?
12: Thanks, it's great to be here. Um, So many things that have been said, it's hard to go later on because I love uh, all of the things that I've heard and agree with many of them. Definitely be more of technology consolidation. In fact, we heard that on our call today, which is great. People over tools, uh, when it comes to digital selling, lots of video as was mentioned and personalization for sure, that, that work from anywhere mentality. Uh, but I think that later in 2021, many of us will forget uh, what a rat race mentality we used to have uh, mm-hmm. before 2020. and. Some people will go back to that grind and kind of just forget all the things we've learned uh, during 2020. Uh, but I think there will still be a, a good-sized population that will have, you know, yoga power hours and midday rituals um, that will be solid in their in their work schedule. Um, I want to talk about women for a minute. The, the mm-hmm. huge amount of women who left the workforce during um, the pandemic because of being primary caregivers, um, they became makeshift teachers, a lot of dads did too, um, but lots of women left and many will return to companies that understand and support parents um, and future parents because there are a lot of women in sales who think that they can't even have kids and keep a sales job and it's something I hear quite often. So expect a new understanding. I think that that will be, the, I'm very optimistic about that. I'm also very optimistic about the idea that more company leaders will understand the strength and tenacity of women in sales leadership roles, senior leadership roles and start promor- promoting more women into those roles. Um, you know, you don't need to be a road warrior anymore. Mm-hmm. and And that will bring more women leaders in, including women of color, to help finally make a dent in the lack of executive women in leadership. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that more women in sales and marketing will launch podcasts and write books and be more active uh, socially. And for Bernie, um, most of us will adjust to the changes. Don't give up on Tom Brady. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was going to compliment the panel. We have two more to go. Brandon, you're next, but give me a second here. I was going to compliment you. You're all listening to each other. And that has been how I designed the SAP Game Changers radio shows. Kirsten knows this. We have conversations. We're not webinars. We're not lectures. We're not scripted. We're talking. Among ourselves, we're reacting and responding and agreeing, disagreeing, and you have all brought that spirit to this special, and I'm very appreciative that you're referencing what each of the others have said. You're making my heart sing. Brandon Bornanson, relieve me of all this pressure. I'm so excited. Brandon, you're up next. Three minutes. We're right on, on schedule. Go ahead, Brandon. Hey, what's going on, everyone? First off, it's my birthday. Wouldn't want to spend ah! it with anyone else but
13: these groups, Uh and I love being in this audience. Like a lot of you are featured in my, my new book, Sales Secrets. And I just love learning from all these experts. And you got to take it, what you learn, what we talk about, and put it into action. Uh, but I've got five secrets, real quick, to, to cover. And I know we're going to try to re energize the group. So, so, number one data is the new oil. Everyone's remote. You, you can't call the directories, you can't get a hold of people because no one's at the office anymore. Everyone's working remote remote's probably gonna be here to stay. If you were the person in February or March thinking that everyone's back in the office, you know, the, the news is getting worse and worse, people are gonna be remote. And why I say data is the new oil is because you need to be able to connect with people wherever they're at working remote. And luckily, you know, for, for me building Seamless, we, we had the opportunity of having people's cell phones and emails wherever they live. And just make sure as, a, as a, any partner, or any tech company or whatever industry you're in, figure out a way to connect with people working remote. It's gonna be absolutely critical to the survival. Uh, number two kind of goes into being remote. Remote is here to stay. And uh, I remember when I pitched 347 venture capitalists, I was traveling from here in Columbus, Ohio, all over the world, uh, New York, Charlotte, uh, you know, where, where Mike and Jason are, uh, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, all the VCs were like, Brandon, you're trying to build this tech company and you've got 10 people working out of your house. Uh, you know, that's not going to work. You have to move to Silicon Valley and you have to be in San Francisco and you name it. And uh, told them, no, we're going to work remote. And they all walked away from us about two and a half years ago. Now, fast forward two and a half years, everyone's trying to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at us. We built one of the fastest growing companies, LinkedIn Top 50. And, and it just shows you the power of remote. You know, you don't need to be face-to-face. You can build an amazing company working remote. You just have to trust your employees. You have to trust that you can build relationships with prospects wherever they're at. Uh, Also, third secret, copywriting is gonna be your superpower. The only way to build relationships remote, to connect with people via email, calling, social selling, voicemail, video, texting, the only way to, to write blogs and build a brand, you name it, is with great copy. Who are my personas, what are their biggest pain points, what are their biggest desires, and how am I gonna help them go from biggest pain to biggest desire with my expertise, my solutions, my products, my services, study breakthrough advertising, scientific advertising, figure out how to write great copy, salespeople, marketers, entrepreneurs, it's a superpower. Uh, And then my fourth secret, deals with digital branding. To survive right now more than ever, you have to get into digital branding. Like, uh, I, I didn't need to write books, I didn't need to, you know, post on LinkedIn every day with videos, but like, you know, you start to document your journey. And then my my secret to digital branding is just document what you're doing every day, share what you're learning every day. and 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 to do that, you just have to ask yourself, can I help just one person? If I can help just one person, I'm gonna post it, and that will help you get over all of your fear, your FOMO of people not giving a shit about what you say or the books or anything you do, your interviews, whatever it may be. Ask yourself if I could help one person and digital branding is absolutely critical to survive and thrive in this digital virtual economy. And then lastly, my fifth most important secret, embrace the pain. You have to embrace the pain. And what does this mean? It means being remote, COVID, recession, pandemic, Everyone underestimates the amount of time, energy, failure, capital, tenacity, resources it will take to be successful. Now more than ever, you're gonna to have to put in three to five X the amount of work to generate the same results you generated in January, in February before the pandemic. That's gonna continue into 2021. But if you embrace the pain, you don't over you don't, you don't underestimate it, you will be successful. So over forecast, it's going to take way more money, way more failure, way more effort, way more hard work, and you'll never be let down. So those are my five secrets. Brandon
1: Bornhans in here. Follow me for more at Seamless.ai. I wish you knew how to brand yourself, Brandon. Honestly, We're sitting here looking at a picture of your book. I have great news. And, Julio, I'm going to get to you in two seconds. I promise you're, you're, you're our final one. And then we might have a quick round of what's your favorite holiday drink. It's up to all of you if you want to share that with us. But we are amazingly, We've reached over 130 people on the live stream. Now, Kirsten knows live radio shows get a very limited, thank you, Mark Hunter, limited number of listeners that we mostly see our audiences listening on demand when it's at their convenience. But whoever, including Kirsten, who promoted this on your Facebook pages, I really appreciate it because we're just really, really reaching people today. Julio Viscovich, you're up three. You know what? You get three and a half minutes. I give you four. Go ahead, Julio, and welcome.
14: Wonderful. Well, thank you for having me, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure and, you know, going last. Now I have the opportunity to uh, have to rehash what most people said, so I'm going to try and switch it up a bit. Uh, first of all, Brandon, I, I loved your pitch. Um, I think you should rebrand yourself to be called Digital Brandon, uh, which I think would be a quite a nice name. And also, Bernie, loved your analogy also about uh, Tom Brady, because I think that's where we're at right now, where he was in a system that worked, and now he's in a system that isn't quite as conducive to winning. And I think that's what's happening uh, in today's day and age. Um, with you know the sales enablement strategies right now is they're sticking the systems that aren't that worked in the past but aren't currently working. <clears throat> and Luke, um I know you love social selling so much. Um, I'm so I'm so sorry I stole the LinkedIn URL uh, LinkedIn uh, slash social selling, which is my profile. So I apologize for that. Um, I could possibly put it up for sale, uh, but uh, to talk about. Uh, What's happened so far, right? Before I give my predictions, why are we sitting here talking about these predictions, right? Well, it's because marketing and sales leaders, uh, you know, as as Kristen said, I mean, they're facing that predicament of not coming together at the moment, right? Um, They're not making sure that their sellers are meeting the expectations of today's buyers, right? They're digitally oriented. We're still doing old techniques, much like Steve said Um, And those techniques have to change. So the solution is going to lie in aligning sales strategy with next generation buyers and the methods and solutions that they expect. So how's that going to happen? Well, I think we have to really rethink sales enablement. Sales enablement is really what drives a lot of the change within a sales organization. And they're the ones that are going to have to really learn how to align selling activities to customer preferred engagement channels um, and this new purchase journey that we're on, right? Um, These are entirely new methods of sales enablement that we're going to have to learn about. And these are folks that, you know, they need to see, they need to be aware that the space is evolving. I mean, talking about SAP, they saw this almost 10 years ago. There's still so many companies out there that haven't figured out this evolution that's taking place and are preparing their sellers with the right mindset and tool set to effectively reach these modern buyers, right? So that's one thing. Um, Obviously, I think we've all talked about this, but the rise in digital interactions. um, These are going to be huge. These are going to be the merge of the interdependence of people Right, Being more unique, being more personalized, and that's going to require different processes, different technologies. We've talked about many of those today. And I think a lot of the traditional sales models that we've seen in the past, I'm not going to name them, (laughs) of course, um, but they're becoming less reliable over time. And I think that's what Steve was getting at, too. Um, these are going the way of the dinosaur, right? So most sales organizations that are still putting in those traditional sales models are unprepared. So to stay relevant and drive revenue, these sales leaders need to build adaptive systems that are taking advantage of this new normal that we're in um, and to optimize digital interactions, right? And lastly, I think Obviously, sellers are going to need a different tool set to build engagement with customers, um, particularly with decision makers in a way that replicates traditional forms of selling, but in a completely new way. Um, I think we've all mentioned that I think we're in this remote mindset for quite a while, if not forever. So we have to replicate what we used to be able to do in face-to-face meetings, but in a different way, obviously. So what's that going to look like? Well, it's going to, first of all, involve a change of mindset and a change of uh, tool sets. So um, I think sales companies, uh, especially the advanced ones, are already doing this. They're adopting new technology that makes use of big data, predictive analytics, um, AI content platforms that analyze where the buyers want information delivered to them the most where they're at, at, fish where the fish are, which content that each unique buyer is most receptive to. Again, that's that personalization that we talk about. Instead of blasting out content that marketing creates and it just gets lost in the ether, we need to have that unique content for each buyer that's going to really drive the difference. So to replace phone calls, face-to-face meetings, we're gonna see a lot more video solutions. Um, I wish I would have bought stock in Zoom uh,
7: six months ago. <laughs> Get
1: Unfor- in line. Get in line, dear. <laughs> <laughs>
14: Unfortunately, I, was, I did not foresee that one coming. Nope. Um, but again, things are going to be replaced with these new techniques. Um, and as many folks mentioned, this is going to be through social channels. And especially the use of video um, in different ways. So using video that is easily embedded in emails that can be shared on social media that can be easily messaged through LinkedIn platforms and other social networks, and all of those things are going to come together. And that is my prediction of what's going to happen in 2021.
1: Thank you, Julio. And I will give a prediction. I, I don't know if anybody did invest in Zoom in this group, but I will tell you. I was reading this morning that business women who used to go to an office and had certain types of skirt suits and dress suits and pantsuits suits and shoes and purses are getting rid of all of those fancy, expensive clothes and investing in very comfortable Zoom, approachable Zoom, professional clothing. And I'm guessing men are doing the same. So if you know anybody who's a designer of Zoom comfort clothes, clothing. Now's the time to say, I want to buy a piece of your company. I don't have anybody in mind. Quickly, we're going to go around the, t- and you've all been phenomenally wonderful. We're right on time. we got four minutes left. I'm going to, yes, four minutes. Thank you, Aaron, our engineer, just reminded me. I knew that, Aaron. See, that's my prediction. I knew it was four minutes. One word, one drink each. What are you doing to celebrate New Year's Eve? Not where will you be, but what's your favorite drink? Because we can't wait for 2021. I know. Kirsten Boyleau, I'm going to keep everybody on gallery view so we can just hear you all. Go ahead. Kirsten, what's your drink for New Year's Eve? oh champagne or prosecco okay mark hunter
3: coffee black Whoa,
1: nothing no spike no okay purist there mick adam
4: hot chocolate with whipped cream and a touch of rum
1: oh hey i think i'm coming to your house jason taylor uh
0: i i go back and forth between red wine and an old-fashioned with rye whiskey
1: Oh, I think we're going to pick the old fashioned and the new, it's going to be new fashion for 2021. Juliana San Campiano, what's in your glass, your mug, your stein, your flute, your goblet? I'm in part with Jason. So an old fashioned and champagne. Oh, nice. Bernie Borges. (laughs) What are you drinking this holiday?
6: La Crema Chardonnay.
1: Oh, Sylvie Lachkar. What's in your cup? French, so champagne, of course. Champagne. Thank you very much. Champagne. Steve Watt? Fresh apple
8: cider warmed gently with cinnamon sticks.
1: Whoa, Christina, traditionalist. Christina Jaramillo, what are you drinking?
9: Spiked apple cider warmed. <laughs> OK,
1: <laughs> I know we have an adult in the room here. Sorry, Mike Orr, Mike or, what are you drinking?
10: Uh, I started drinking the champagne this week. I don't think I'm going to stop till New Year's. So
1: going. <laughs> Good
11: reason, Louis, yeah.
1: Loic Simon, something French?
11: I was saying tap water and coffee, of course. Tap water. Oh,
1: maybe, of sûr. Pourquoi pas? Laurie Richardson, what's in your cup?
12: That would be a nice red wine for sure.
1: Okay, I'm glad it's nice. And Brandon Bornanson, what's in your cup? What's energizing you like you need it? Go ahead, Brandon.
13: All right, for birthday, I'm drinking Socorro Michael Jordan tequila, which is today. And then during the holidays,
1: Christmas ale from Sam Adams out of here in Great Lakes. There you go. Julia Viskovic. what's in your cup for New Year's?
14: Well, we've been talking about all these new changes, and I'm going to actually keep it old school and traditional, and I'm going to go with a rum and eggnog with freshly ground cinnamon on top.
1: Oh, very nice. And I'm going to take a little bit of dry cocoa, a little bit of uh, of uh, agave syrup. I'm going to mix it up with a little hot water. I'm going to add some 1% milk and then I'm going to do something terrible. I'm going to put in some marshmallows while it's really, really hot. And I'm going to add a little scoop of vanilla ice cream and stir it all up till the marshmallows make it thick. And I might add a little bit of rum just because I can. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to all of you. You have been phenomenal. This is our first ever Zoom live stream streaming special, and we're up to almost 150 people reached, which is like triple what we usually get from a live episode. Kirsten, I'm so happy for you and your group. Thank you all for responding to my invitation. It's been lovely, and I'm just going to say thank you to everyone. I wish you all the best. I wish us all a better happier, healthier, safer, and saner 2021. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, my co-producer at World Talk Radio Voice America. And thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer. And I'm just going to say, if somebody tells you the future is already here, you just put your hands on your hips and you say, you're wrong. That was yesterday's future. We're all going to get together and make the new year's future a much better one. Everybody wave goodbye. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye. We'll be back Ah, next week with another special. Bye. (laughs)